0: Devante Dr. Dental Johnson My East Atlanta partner I first met Devante back at the best HBCU Tennessee State University Uh, He started out as this tall, lanky, light-skinned kid promoting parties for fly major Then from there I really started to see you tap into your potential uh, and your influence right, to really start to Flipped the game on his head. You started as a brand manager for Red Bull. Uh, From there, you started changing policy at TSU, becoming STA president, Student Government Association at Tennessee State University. Uh, And then you became my line brother at the first and best fraternity. You've always been an interesting guy to me, though, because you've carried a ton of weight on your shoulders as the next guy up. Always. Uh, but you always kind of seem to move through the pressure pretty effortlessly, 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 uh, like Keanu. Uh, my brother, I'm proud of you for finishing up your second year at the third-ranked dentist school in the nation. Uh, Juice God himself, Devontae Johnson. Thank you for
1: joining me today, sir. Thank you, man. Thank <laughs> you.
0: Thank you. Uh, so, I mean... I got into it a bit, right? Of like, I mean, I guess the, the synopsis of college and you really honing into who you are and your craft and your I don't even want to say your craft, but I would say your your ability, your innate, like God given uh, passion. So let's kind of start there of like I guess from the outside perspective, when I when I mentioned that you could always kind of see that you had this potential, but I could tell it was a lot of weight on your shoulders as you're going through college. Do you, do you feel that like, how is it, how is it actually going
1: through it? Yeah. So, um, well, okay. Before you answer that. Okay. Uh,
0: for anybody listening, Vontae was, i I've, noticed some of the stuff that he did but vante was one of the probably the most popular person at school and not so much like the the stereotypical jock or the stereotypical person in a fraternity that's at every party it was just everybody knows vante everybody has a good feeling of vante vante just kind of knows and mingles in a bunch of different circles and so the popularity comes from he does a lot of things that are deemed to be important, but he's also personable and everybody knows him. And so, you know, he, he kind of touches a bunch of different people. It's, it's really on some like Barack Obama presidential type of stuff <laughs> on a university level. And so, kind of wanted to paint that backdrop of, again, from an outside perspective, how it kind of looked, but from walking in it, how did it feel?
1: Man, um, I'll start with I'll start with this. I feel like in a certain capacity, uh, I kind of asked for it. Um, So by coming to TSU, the decision to come to TSU, um, my older cousin went there initially. uh, DJ Crisis, Darius Freeman, and he had established a platform at TSU in its own right. You know, within the party space. Just as an influencer on campus. So this being my first cousin, um, I basically walked into that platform, you know. So I was able to walk into um a situation. I was basically standing on the shoulders of a giant, you know, in his own right in Nashville. Yeah, um, crisis was big at the time. Big at the time. So uh his relationships became my relationships. The people that, you know, rocked with him rocked with me. Um, And he had, you know, great friends that were involved in all types of things on campus. So, um, I've always been ambitious. I've always uh, wanted to be a leader. Um, I felt like I I had the ability to lead people in the right direction. So, when I kind of expressed, you know, my interest and what I wanted to do, they were like, go do it. You know what I mean? That type thing. They kind of helped me mobilize all my ideas. and. When I added my own flavor and energy to the situation, um, I was able to get the buy-in from people um, in all capacities. It just felt like people were buying in because they felt I felt like they they felt that it was genuine. You know what I mean? They bought in, and I was able to kind of maneuver how I wanted to maneuver um, and impact and impact people in a positive way.
0: What is the what is the trick? Is there a trick? Like, what is the? Because you seem to have found the equation to influence and affect people. So Dale Carnegie, I used to work at Dale Carnegie Training. He wrote a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but you have seemingly I haven't. I haven't. mastered how to win friends and influence people. What is that? Like when you talk about the buy-in, the engagement of people, Yeah, in any environment, you seemingly
1: connect yeah, yeah. with people. Some things I think people just have. Innately, I feel like sometimes you just have it, that that, that wow factor or that just uh personability factor. But most of it I feel like is just being real, man. Like I feel like people go through so much BS in a in their life all the time. Um, just the interactions they go through with their family, their friends. And I think that people can sniff out people that's not genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and me in my own space, like I we all know when somebody just playing around or bullshitting us, man. We just know. So it's kind of like, I didn't want to reciprocate that in any capacity. So any interaction that I had with anybody, big or small, if I felt like they was popping on campus or wasn't as involved in campus, I treated everybody equally with the same amount of respect and love. You know what I mean? And for somebody who might not have been as active on campus, I actually gave them even more love. You know what I mean? Because I just wanted everybody to feel... Appreciate like this whole society that we live in is just like it's like a certain hierarchy in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I'm only gonna rock with these type people because they Greek. Yeah. Or I'm only gonna talk to these type people because they involved in these type organizations. Man, forget all of that. You know what I mean? I I'm, I see everybody for who they are. So it was just like any person I saw on campus, I was gonna speak. I was gonna be like, oh, "What's good? How your day going? Good seeing you." You know what I mean? That same joke. That I would make it a girl who I felt like was attractive. I'd make it to another girl who, you know what I mean? She was cute in her own way, you know what I mean? But I'd make the same joke, like, I see you, you looking good today, that type thing. And just kind of like always giving compliments, always reaching out to people, uh, always being personable. And I feel like that just, over time, you know, it was so consistent and, and it was me, really. You know, it was consistent and I think people just felt like, okay, man, he's you know, he's genuine. Yeah. And um no matter what I was doing, um, I try to stay positive, try to keep a clean nose, and try to get into too much drama and like that. It was able to I think that made it easier for people to buy into some of the positive things that I was trying to do.
0: So as a as a big man on campus, right, from a social standpoint, um, academically, what brought you to Tennessee State University? What what was the goal? What was the plan afterwards?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, initially, I wasn't even thinking about HBCU, which is crazy. Um, but I'm coming from east side of Atlanta. Uh, went to a predominantly black, all-black high school, uh, grade school. But I was just like, man, I feel like I need to be exposed to other things that this world is going to try to present me with. You know what I mean? Like I've been... On this one side of the fence all my life, but I need to go to a school where I can get a little bit more challenge and just get prepared for the world, the world better. Yeah. So I was like, man, let me go to a, a PWI. So I applied to all these schools, then applied to any HBCUs. Um, and my goal, I was actually going to uh, Michigan State. That's where I was headed. I was going to Michigan State. Um, had all my paperwork in. Um, and spring break of my senior year, uh, when uh. Zach Boog was going against Blake Nathan. Mm. (laughs) Mm. So within this week, you know, uh, SEC week is all is where everybody bringing out the bells and whistles. There was a young lady that was going for Miss Tennessee State, and uh, she had a she had a concert, and she brought the rich kids to perform on campus. This is just for her to, you know, compete. You know what I mean? And at the time, you know, rich kids had all the popping songs. I'm from Atlanta. I'm loud. This is crazy. Um. That same week, one of the candidates you know, was having a party or an event or whatever, and uh, a local in the area was trying to get into the event, and of course, it was only for students only. He got mad, swings around the block, starts shooting, and hits the, the dude running for vice president. Literally, a dude was shot <laughs> during campaign week. And I seen everybody gather together. We had Vanderbilt man, people praying in the front. You know what I mean? But it was like live in a in a sense. It was just like every dynamic of school was presented, and it was just like, dang man, I. You know, I, I hate to end it with somebody got shot, but it was just so many aspects of <laughs> of everything that I was just drawn to, and I was like, man, you know what? You know, this is an amazing school, man. I would love the opportunity to go here. And um, I filled out application during the spring break before I was about to graduate high school. I get in school, I had decent SAT scores uh, and ACT scores, so I got a pretty decent scholarship. And that was it. I'm like, I'm going to TSU. Um, the goal when I came to TSU was uh, I wanted to be a doctor, medical doctor. Okay. Medical doctor. So my mom is a nurse and uh, my dad is a barber, right? So... Just kind of, you know, they commit. They just lifelong servants. You know what I mean? Just servants to the people. Like we look at what a barber is. Barber like the cornerstone of the black, the black male community. You know what I mean? Uh, mom, a nurse. You know what I mean? Just kind of what that means to the to the community as well. So uh, I knew I wanted to go into healthcare or some type of aspect where I can serve people. So yeah, that was that was it, man. I wanted to be a medical doctor. So I came into TSU as a, a biology major. When did that change to dentistry? Um, I think it was, I started looking more into the profession. Like, so when I'm coming, I'm coming from Atlanta. We, I I ain't gonna say I just wanted to be a medical doctor. I wanted to be a, a neuroscientist. Okay. A neuroscientist. And uh the only reason why I chose that was because it sounded so hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I like you, that's what you that was the main thing that we had to that, that you did when you chose a career. You just you just wanted the career that sounded the dopest like oh that's hard, you know, I'm going to be a neurologist, you know what I mean? I'm going to be a neuroscientist like I not know what that what that entailed. I didn't know how long that was or whatever. So the more much more I talked to my friends um specifically one of my friends at uh, Vanderbilt, Morgan, and I was telling her what I wanted to do, and she was like, oh, that's what's up. Do you know how much school that is? I'm like, nah, how long How long is that? She's like, well, you know, you finish undergrad, then you go to medical school for four years. Then it's about like eight years after that, too. I'm like, Mm -hmm. 12 years? (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm that committed. You know, it sounded good, but I don't know if I'm that committed, so... I started looking more into like, all right, I know I want to be in healthcare, but what, what, you know, what aspect of healthcare would make sense for me? And um, randomly ran across dentistry, um, and I was looking at dentistry. My mom works in a, a craniofacial office, so it's a uh, it's comprised of like plastic surgeons, pediatric dentists, speech pathologists, a whole uh, collaborative team, and. Um, you know, she, I told her that I was interested in dentistry. She was like, yo, come, you know, come through the office and talk to some of the dentists. And the more and more I kind of shadowed more dentists, what I was able to see was that dentistry was the perfect balance between like serving in a health, health capacity, but also kind of empowering people um, in their confidence and the way they feel about themselves. And, um, you know, I just felt like a dentist, is it, it just it held different hats. You know what I mean? It was a psychologist. It was, you know, these people were... Uh, just amazing professionals, and I and I felt like this was something that I could do every day and not feel like it was like real work, man. Like I, I'm just empowering people, just like I do on the on the daily, just you know, right around school, you know, making people feel better about themselves. Essentially, at the grassroots, it's like, yo, I'm making people feel better about themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, then I, I just pursued it. I was just like, this is what I want to do.
0: So graduation happens. Graduation graduate, happens.
1: Graduate with honors. Graduate with honors. Finesse, finesse honors. And then you say what? What happens now? Like I don't even know what happens. As <laughs> so a, man, so I, know, dentistry I'm dentistry student. So I'm pursuing dentistry, and I realized like, all right, if I wanted to go to dental school directly after undergrad, I should have applied the summer before my senior year. Okay. I didn't do that. So okay. now. I'm forced to have a gap year. So now I'm figuring out, okay, what am I going to do my summer? Or what, what, like, employment? What am I thinking about? So I'm like, all right, dentistry's the goal. And um, I know I need to take this uh, dental admission test to get into school. That's like the biggest hurdle, you know? So I had decent grades.
0: It's like the MCAT.
1: It's the MCAT. uh, MCAT of dentistry. So I'm like, all right, I got to take this test. I started looking for internships. For the summer, I found an internship here in New York with a celebrity dentist, uh, Dr. Dwarfman. Uh, amazing dentist, been all over TV, he accepted me to go to his program, so I'm excited to come to New York, and um, I interview him, I do my interview with him, and uh, we're talking on the phone, and he's like, yo, Devontae, I love everything about you, man, we're excited to have you up here, but uh, I just wanted to know, like, what, what was your plan about dental school, like, when are you planning on getting in there, like, what's what's holding you back from applying to school this year, I was like, I haven't taken my dental tests. he's like, well, you know, that's really what you need to focus on this summer is really just, uh, studying for that and, and, uh, getting with the right people. It's like, man, I know a guy that has this like secretive dental program in Staten Island, man. You should check it out and see if you can apply for it. So the guy he's talking about has this, uh, every dental student knows about this book. It's his book called the DAT destroyer. It's like the Holy grail for studying for the dental tests, dental admission tests. And the guy, Dr. Jim Romano, uh, has a class that he teaches, um, like three times a week during the summer. He has different sessions and it's out in Staten Island. So, uh, I called, I hit up the people, uh, they accepted me in a program. And now I'm like, I am going to New York after undergrad, but how, you know what I mean? Uh, New York is expensive. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. So. Again, like you were saying, I was president. So um, a part of being SGA president at TSU is that we get free housing. But TSU never gave me my free housing. So it it showed up as a transaction. So um, before I graduated, I was like, yeah, I need that. (laughs) I need that back. So TSU ended up giving me a check made before I graduated for like, $6,500. sixty five hundred dollars right so 6500 and then add that up with some graduation money and some other little funds I had I just gathered all that money and moved to New York the end of May okay 2014.
0: that was a uh that was an interesting time man for both of us I think <sighs> I just had got out here you moved up here stayed at my spot for a little while and was going out to a bunch of random rinky-dink rooms and you were saying it's like 600 700 a month just for a room that got bed bugs and, and roaches and you sharing an apartment with five people i remember that i remember that can you talk about kind of that process of so you're thinking you're coming to New York as like, New York is the city of dreams, the land of opportunity. City of dreams, the, boy. The, the, the beautiful place everybody kind of wants to go. Can you talk about like your
1: transit, your time here? Dog, New York ain't no hoe. <laughs> For lack of a better term, New York is crazy, man. It's it's like, it's beautiful, but man, it, it's it's humbling you know, quick. So right when I get here, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a room and, uh, you know, even from some of my people that, you know, support me in my circle, they felt that it was extremely important for me to kind of get it on my own. Like there was beauty in the process of me going through whatever I was going through to make things happen, to make ends meet, to do whatever. So, um, yeah, I get out here, uh, had a little money but didn't have enough, you know. Um the class was was like a crazy amount of sessions. Uh I'm, I'm, I'm amount of money per session. Might have been a hundred dollars per session. So every time this I went out there to Staten Island for this class, it was a hundred dollars. Um and I went like three times a week. So on top of that, uh the the renting space that I had was about eight hundred dollars a month. I wasn't working a job. I wasn't um uh, I didn't have uh like any additional income coming in. Um I literally used to eat a dollar pizza. Those two those dollar slices every single day. And when I say every single day, I mean every day. That was what I ate every day. Pizza every single day for a dollar you know what I mean every day three times three times a day that's what I was eating three dollars that was my meal you know what I mean but it was kind of like a sacrifice and I don't know like weirdly I appreciated it you know like you know <laughs> we used to like <laughs> you know I'm, I'm out here I'm hustling I'm doing a study and I'm going out here taking this class and I didn't have any extra leisure money to go out so we would like look for these email lists for parties Going on, and <laughs> we'll pull up to the parties that had like it'll be free before it'll be an open bar before before eight. You know what I mean? And the party lasts until two o'clock, and you always wonder like, okay, man, who are those people that are pulling up at seven thirty to go to a party, and the party gonna last till two? Oh, we there? We there
0: with the H and M button?
1: <laughs> Summer 014? 14. <laughs> Come on, man. I was, we're too, we was there, 7.30, catching all free moves, free before anything, all the free befores. We hit everything free before, you know what I mean? Just just because we had to. And it was just like, I just felt like I was working towards something. Like, you know, though, I, though it was a struggle, though it was like tough, you know, I could always see the vision. I just felt like I was in the grind. And it, and it really was beneficial for me because... I was coming off of this high horse in a sense from being at TSU. So it's like I'm at, I'm this person with all this promise and you know doing all this stuff, kinda quote unquote got things lined up with things together. And then I come into a situation that was extremely uncomfortable, extremely new. Like I always say this, I say New York, 014, summer fourteen in New York turned me into a man. Boy.
0: I my my mom, um, she always asked me about it. I was like, "Look, man, New York has the potential to do two things. It's either gonna send you backpacking, or it's gonna turn you into a man." Like, I've been for here for five years, and I feel like New York has turned me into like a monster. Monster. It is. It is. It, it's. It's. It's something that. That, that cliche statement of if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere and you hear it and you're like, oh whatever. But nah, that's that's a For true fat. thing. For fat. a fact. That's a real thing. So you you're in this uh, this dat destroyer class, this world renowned class is gonna get your DAT score to the upper 20 percentile and you're mm-hmm. gonna be able to choose from any school that you want to. Yep. Boom. So you get to the end of the the classes. what happens?
1: Well, let me say this. The classes were amazing, yeah, right? The difference between me and the other students was that I was learning, they were reviewing, and then they went back to like how I've been looking at school this whole time. I'm going through school, you know, we finessing on tests, you know. Uh, We're not really learning concepts. I'm not really going through the process. Like I'm just getting the grade, but I'm not learning how I need to. And then I get to a situation where I'm trying to take this test, and I'm trying to figure out why it's so difficult to study. Is because I'm not studying or reviewing. I'm learning this for the first time. Like words, certain words are familiar, but I don't know the material. So it's like I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a disproportionate position. So fast forward. Get all the information. Nevertheless, it was great information. Learned a lot. Head back to Atlanta. So I'm here for X amount of months. Head back to Atlanta to take the test. Take the test and I get a 16. I'm going to be transparent so people can know. Because for all the dental people listening, they know what that means. I get a 16. I think the national average for the DAT is like an 18. Mm. That's the average. I get a 16 after spending all this cheese, after all this sacrifice, after all the struggle, after hundreds of pizzas I've ate, I get a 16. So I'm like, do I even apply to school at this point? Like it ain't even like, you know, applications in itself are like $100 application for each school. Uh, it's just uh, it, It's a lot of expenses going on. I'm like, man, do I even invest this type of money right now? And um, I ended up deciding not to. I was just like, yo, I did all this, I got the material, I had made the decision. I was like, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. This first time I just learned it, um, but I didn't review it, so I'm not going to even apply this time. So I ended up having to take another year off. Mm. So at this moment, it's about it's a uh, the holiday season. I'm back in Atlanta. I'm like, it's time to get a job. So uh, I get a job at Nordstrom. Okay. Get a job at Nordstrom. Think about this. I'm in Atlanta now, but I haven't. This is my first time residing in Atlanta, like being over 21. So I left Atlanta at 17, 18. Now I'm in Atlanta when I'm grown, which is a totally different Atlanta now. I get back, I'm working at Nordstrom, you know what I mean. I get to wear the cool suits, I'm selling shoes, chicks coming through, you know what I mean. And bro, I just get super comfortable. Like, Weirdly, less conversations about dentistry, more conversations about what's the mood tonight. We hitting follies. Gotta hit follies. You know what I mean? What, what's going on this weekend? Um, just my whole behavior was just shifting. But the one thing that wasn't stopping was time. You know, I blink, and it's June. You know, I've been working at Nordstrom almost six months. You know, I haven't thought about dentistry. I haven't been doing anything related to dentistry. And um, I was like, you know, it's time to get back on that wave, right? So start back studying. I feel like I'm reviewing. I think it's more material. I think the the material is better for me. And I'm like, yo, I'm getting ready to apply doing XXX. So I uh, gear up about a month or two. And then I go and I apply to take the test. I take the test. I get a 16 again.
0: Thanks.
1: Get a 16 again. But at this point, I'm like, I need to go ahead and like apply or something. Like I need to, because I mean, I got everything together on paper, but these scores are going to hold me back. So... uh that getting that 16 again, kind of humbled me again. And I was like, I got to find a way in. Like I, I started reaching out to different, um, cause you know, TSU being in Nashville, I reached out to Maharry. I'm like, man, some of the people I knew in Maharry. like anybody can connect me with some people to hopefully get me in school or, um, any resources. I emailed a ton of people. I was shadowing at dental offices. I just got real serious in Atlanta. And, um, just from showing that in that, 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 that drive, um, opportunities just start coming out of nowhere. And then I ran into, um, a girl named Christiana, um, didn't really know her, but we just built a bond out of nowhere, just from like dentistry. You know what I mean? She was pursuing dentistry as well. We had common interests. And then, uh, she started telling me about a program in Atlanta called um, the idea program, which is increasing diversity in dentistry. And it was ran by, uh, Dr. Jeanette Holloway. Yeah. So it was just like a program where they, you know, they take you to different places they take you to different dental conferences. Um, but they expose you to a lot of admission staff and, you know, by just being in a program, you're more likely to get into a program. Yep. You know what I mean? So I uh, got involved with them, went to a couple conferences. And I just started seeing a better return on my investment. You know what I mean? I felt like all the work that I was putting in, I was starting to have something to show for it. You know, these admission people knew my name. They knew my application. They were like, you know, looking for me, right? So the only thing they were saying was just like, look, your undergrad GPA is good. All this stuff is good. But that dental score, man, like that, that dental score. And it felt like I've been, I don't know. I don't know what it is about standardized tests. I just... I'm just not a fan, you know. I've never been a fan, but I was determined not to let this this test break me. So, again, it's application season, and um, I'm submit my applications, and uh, they say, you know what, we want you to take the test one more time. So, for the, the DAT test, you only can take it three times. Ooh. That's it. Three. If you take it a fourth time, you, you can take it a fourth time if you get special permission, but three, that's it. Okay. So I'm like, okay, three it is. I go in. This is my last time taking it. I prepare again, studying hard. I go, I take the test. The thing about the dental test, again, that nobody don't know is that when you press enter to end end the test, your score pop up right there. So fate, you're met with fate immediately. So um, I finish the test. I press enter. I don't look. You also get a printout when you walk out. So I was just like, I'm gonna just wait till I get the printout. I walk out, I grab the printout. I go to the car, say a prayer. I'm like, God, whatever score I got on this paper is gonna get me into dental school. That was the prayer. Whatever score I got on this paper will get me into dental school, right? I open the paper. It's a 15.
0: Oh. Uh. <laughs>
1: so I got a 16 the first time, a 16 the second time. I get a 15 the third time. Yeah, that hurts. So at this point, I'm sick. Yep. I'm sick. I remember calling my homie Deji. And I'm like, yo, you like, bro, how'd the test go? And it was cool, man. It's cool. I was like, uh, mind you, this is the Dr. Dental thing is already going at this point. I've I've already traveled. I've did some traveling with it. I went to Uganda <laughs> doing dental work. I've I've did a lot. You know what I mean? Like I, the brand is getting built. I remember calling him after taking that test. I'm like, yo, yo, man, can I um, can I still be Dr. Dental if I don't go to dental school? And bro, like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> But he didn't understand what just happened. He didn't understand what just happened. Like, yo, I could literally not be going to dental school. For real, for real. So I'm just like, you know what, man? I'm going to apply anyway. I'm going to submit everything anyway. You know, that's that's the best I can do. So uh, all that money I had saved up from Nordstrom and these different nonprofits I was working with at the time, I ended up uh, applying to 12 schools. Okay, so e school is like hundred dollars, basically twelve hundred dollars. I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Let me at least say that I've given it all, like all, all I had. You know what I mean? I remember reaching out to my line brother, uh, Aunt. You know what I mean? Hit up Aunt. I'm like, look, man, I might be going into marketing. I might be. You know what I mean? I'm just prefacing it because I'm like, this dentistry thing might not happen. Like, it's highly likely it won't happen. So. Uh, I'm going through my life, man. I'm applying for jobs and stuff, like thinking about other players. I was thinking about going into consulting, whatever else. February 1st, I get a letter in the mail from uh, Tufts University. I'm like, Tufts? And to be honest, bro, it's going to sound crazy. I don't even remember applying to Tufts. <laughs> 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 I know that's going to sound crazy, but I prom—I do not remember clicking that. I don't. But, bro, I get the letter. I open it, and it's like, we would like to invite you for an interview. Bro. Screaming. My mom had just got home from work. We in that mug shouting. Everybody in tears, just like. Because for me, dog, all I ever wanted was an interview. I'm like, if I get an interview anywhere, I'm getting in. Always felt like that. I'm extremely confident when it comes to interviews. Behavioral-based questions, all the name of time when you feel I'm ready for <laughs> every type of question you're going to ask me. I just wanted an interview. So I over-prepared for this Tufts interview. I'm I'm blown away. You know, I knew uh, a young lady that was at Tufts at the time, Raven Ward. She went to Fist. Uh, she from the West Side. Reached out to her to get more advice, like, what do I need to think about? She's like, oh, this is a chill interview. Don't worry about anything. I'm like, I'm going to be worried about everything. So I, I over prepared. I had pamphlets. I had pictures of all my Uganda work. Over prepared. Get to the interview. Kill the interview. Like, murder the interview. I left everything on the table. So I'm waiting to hear back.
0: Pause, pause that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So, when you go into an interview, knowing you have a glaring deficiency on your application. Yeah. So, this goes to anything. Yeah. This isn't just dentistry. This isn't, like, this is anywhere you're applying that you know, seemingly, there's something that they're looking at. I don't have the experience. I ain't got that MBA. I ain't got the score. I ain't got something. When you walked in, did you... Ignore it? Did you
1: address it before they addressed it? Like what?
0: Like what was the?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was ready for that question. Uh, They they didn't ask that question. They They didn't ask that question. They did not ask that question. Did you? But I was. No, I didn't bring it up. But I was ready for it. Okay. You know what I mean? I feel like you shouldn't shed light on it if it's not. Like don't bring light to it if they not on that with you. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they might start pulling up and looking at it now. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to bring light to it. But I was ready for that question. And I can't speak to like edu- like not having enough education or not having um, an MBA or something like that. But when it comes to the grade situation, to me, grades or like test scores is all about discipline, right? Okay. It has nothing to do with how good you're going to be as a professional, as a clinician or nothing. That was just in that space, you were more disciplined, you know what I mean? So I would highlight, yo, look, at this time, I wasn't as disciplined, but these are the things that I'm doing to become more disciplined. I don't think it has nothing to do with your character. And those are all the things that I feel like really matter. Like your character as a professional, your integrity, your hand skills, all those type things, they have nothing to do with that discipline aspect. So I would just address the discipline, but not so much of the actual score. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, nah, I, I didn't even, they didn't even ask it, so I didn't even bring it up.
0: Okay, so you kill the interview.
1: Kill the interview. Kill the interview. So I'm like, you know, feeling conf- confident. Um, Tufts gets back to me. They waitlist me, and I'm just like, blown away. Uh, more, more so, just like disappointed. Like, I'm like, waitlist, man. I feel like, I feel like I killed that, and uh, it just didn't sit well on my spirit. Like. God, why would you bring me this far to let me fail? Like, why even had an interview if we're going to get waitlisted? Yeah. So that frustration just led to me sending an email. Yeah, in the email- I remember that email, too. Man. You sent it to me. You had the picture at the bottom. Man, I had to send it, dog. <laughs> and um, I sent the email to the dean of a mission, and I'm just like, look- If you don't take me- Hey, man, look- <laughs> Verbatim, the last sentence was like, it sounds crazy right now, but I was so serious. It was like I didn't have nothing to lose. I I I didn't have no other schools hit me back. This is the only school to hit me back. I gotta give it everything I got. So I'm gonna just say what I feel. Last sentence said, Tufts University should not pass up on a future healthcare icon. <laughs> That's what I said to this man. <laughs> sent it. I sent it, and um, he hit me back. He's like, let's set up a conference call. Get on a conference call. Great dude, Dr. Casper, he's still there, and uh, he's like, man, Devontae, we love you. You know what I mean? You're a great candidate on paper. And we love how you're involved. Um, you know, but we just want to make sure that you're capable of doing the work, right? Um, because we love you as a candidate and we love how enthusiastic you are and stuff like that, we're going to offer you, uh, a special situation. I'm like, tell me more. He's like, we're going to give you a deferred acceptance. I'm like, let's talk about it. What does that look like? He's like, man, we're going to accept you into the following class year. All you have to do is do a master's in between time. I'm like that sound, <laughs> sounds straight to me. You know what I mean? So he suggested a couple master's programs. I was one in Mississippi, then one in Miami. And he was like, yo, do that. You'll be autumn you know, you know, get good grades, you'll automatically go into dental school.
0: Is this like specific masters? Can I do an online MBA? Like-
1: nah, nah. This is a it's like a it's like a master's in biomedical sciences. It's kinda okay. like a like a post bac type program. So okay. it's it's basically like classes you would take your first year of dental school in a okay. sense, right? I'm looking for these programs, and uh, I find a program, and I'm like, I really don't want to go to Mississippi. No offense to anybody from Mississippi. And then the Barry program, I was thinking about Miami. It sounded good. Randomly ran across a Duke program. I'm like, bro, I love Duke. I wanted to hoop at Duke. Uh. The, de- the program deadline was like three days. Three days for the deadline. So, submitted my application. Did you have to, Duke. Did
0: you have to take your uh, GMAT?
1: No. They accepted my DAT score. Ah, uh, okay. They accepted my DAT score. So, hit up Duke. Told them, essentially, like, look, man. I'm in school. Done school already. I just got to do a master's program. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm applying. You know, I just wanted to let you guys know. Cool. Applied. I get into the Duke program, so now I'm like, God does swag me where I'm catching the Duke Masters, and then right after that I'm headed to Tufts. I'm lit, but we're gonna pause it right here. I get into Duke in May. Duke hit me with, yeah, man, we're excited to have you in. Um, but before you come, man, we wanna wanna make sure that you take care of. Uh, you have a you have a D on your transcript for physics. That you didn't take care of that. Um, You need to, uh, are you taking it now? Have you taken that class again? Because it needs to be at least a C for us to let you into the program.
0: Okay.
1: And I'm like, dang, I forgot about that. See, again, another reason I'm at TSU. I'm all over the place my senior year. I did, took a lot of classes. My senior spring, I took 21 credits to graduate. ton of classes. End up getting a D in physics because I wasn't even turning in homework. Just, I thought I was above the law in that capacity. And ended up getting smoked on the back end. So now I got to find this physics class. So now we in the summertime. It's May. You got summer sessions, but a lot of summer sessions not offering physics. I find a summer class in South Georgia. Milledgeville, Georgia. Find a summer class and... Had to pay out of pocket for that, moved out to Millersville for a month, lived in an Airbnb out there for a month, took this class, got a B, and I was able to go to Duke. And when I say I lived out in Millersville, Georgia, when I pulled up to my Airbnb where I was staying, I I bought a, 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 it was a room, uh, you know, it was a room that I stayed at. When the person who I was living with raised their garage to let me in, there was a big Confederate flag <laughs> <laughs> on the wall, <laughs> and they had literally ten dogs inside the house, like homeward bound in that mm. joint, like running around. It was just like, bro. The tests were the tests were crazy, man. So went down there, did that, got to be, was able to go to Duke and uh, start the career.
0: So we fast forward. You graduate Duke. You go to Tufts. Yep. You just finished uh, your second year. You're about to do clinicals?
1: Clinicals coming. Starting at uh, first patients May 20th.
0: Yep, May 20th. So you started, you wanted to be a doctor, and then you said you want to be a dentist, and then... You don't get the grade, and then you don't get the grade again, and you don't get the grade again. And you come out, you come out to New York, and then you take this prep class, and then you shit the bed on the prep class. And yep. then you go back, and you're making money at Nordstroms, and then you, it's like you're doing all these different things and throwing so many things at the wall, and nothing's really sticking. And then finally, things start to stick. And even when things do stick, there's still like stipulations yeah. to the acceptance. Yeah. For you to even get the opportunity at the next level. So yeah. going through it all, right? Looking back on it in retrospect, is there a magic pill? Or is there like a thing? Is there, is there something that you should look for while you're in the process to know that you are on the right path? Or were you just aimlessly wondering and just happened to fall on it?
1: Dog, I feel like the, the the biggest thing that I did, man, was I didn't quit. That's it, man. I was super relentless. I tried and tried. You know, I, I, I reached out to any resource I could. Literally, man, I just didn't quit, man. Like, I feel like that's what it comes down to. Like, you can't skip steps with none of this stuff, dog. As much as people feel like it's it's super easy to get to these platforms, or they might not feel like it's easy at all. Every step, every process is essential to your growth. You know what I mean? You don't want anything too soon.
0: Okay. But my, I guess my question is then, how did you know not to pivot? How did you know after the third test score and the denial of the you say you applied to twelve schools yeah. of eleven schools that denied you. How'd you know? Not to be like marketing it is, consulting it is,
1: bro. I feel like I feel like that was just purely God, bro. Mm. He was just giving me just enough to keep going. Okay, that's great. And I, and and sometimes, man, that's all you need is just enough. Like I ain't looking for. I ain't looking for that full full course meal. God bless you with them honey butter, them honey butter roll biscuits, man. You like, appreciate that man. Yep. I know the meal coming. That's all it was, bro. Like just getting rehydrated along that journey. I'm I'm chugging, I'm chugging, I'm I'm exhausted, I'm tired. God, come through. Give me some water. A little bit of
0: Gatorade. A little bit of Gatorade.
1: <laughs> a little <swing. laughs> you, you on the way, brother. Keep going. Keep going. You or, you know, a little reminder here. A little breakthrough here. Just enough, bro. Just enough to keep me going, man. And that's what it was. I just kept getting those small nuggets of like, you on the way. Yeah. You got the right. You on the right path. And um, when the floodgates finally opened all the way up and I could see... And I finally put that white coat on, man. That's when I knew, it. and that's why I had to say, man, I was like, man, this is our white coat. This ain't mine. This is everybody that helped me get here. Yeah. You know what I mean? The couches I slept on. You know the 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 people that cashed at me bread when I needed. Like, man, this is everybody white coat. You know what I mean? So, bro, it's it's a blessing to be at this platform to now to be able to say I can work on patients you know 2 years to the end but this point right here I feel like th- getting to this point was 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 crazy but I needed to go through all that like I can't even fathom going straight from TSU straight to dental school
0: I you know <clears throat> I appreciate you taking another time to tell your story brother because I knew because I was a part of it right I would say of people that see you on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, in your church, in Uganda, at TSU, it seemingly looks like it was pretty easy and seamless. (laughs) Bro, and I don't know why it looks like that, bro. SGA president to at the third best dental school in the nation. Like, oh yeah, of course, that's Vontae. Of course he did, yeah, 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 like, well, no, no. <laughs> right, like, of course he did, like, what well, what else would you expect? And so I think to hear you, right, someone that was at the the highest of the high, you know, at, at twenty twenty one, to kind of go through that the the process, if you will, on some Joel and B things, uh, I think that's important, man, because the reason why I started the platform in general is, I don't think we hear that enough. I think in this digital era, all we see are the highlights. That's all we all see, we are the see is the highlights. And no one ever really accentuates or highlights like, yo, like, I ain't gonna lie, for them two years, I was fucked up.
1: Yeah, uh, bro. And,
0: But the only thing that saved me was X, Y, and Z. So I appreciate you sharing your story because I think it'll help a lot of people, and even change the perception of you for, for you and your brand, right? For sure. So, um, is there anything else that you want to leave off with the
1: people? Yeah, Man, nah, that's it. I feel like the biggest thing is that we kind of live in a generation where we're constantly comparing ourselves. You know, social media just puts us on that platform to kind of, you just constantly comparing what you're doing to what the next person's doing. But we don't see the back end. We don't know what the person is going through. We don't know their mental state. We don't know any of these things. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people are, are depressed and, you know, uh, contemplating that, you know, their growth, you know, um, and how, how God's been blessing them is because they're constantly comparing. I just feel like this is a time right now where we got to be focused. Um, I don't think focus means always taking yourself off of social media so you don't see it. But just disciplining yourself to not compare yourself to other people, man. You got to affirm yourself daily more than anything. If that means putting quotes on your on your door, if that means reminders on your phone, you have to affirm who you are and know who you are at all times. I feel like we know everybody else but ourselves. Why are the hardest questions to answer the questions about you?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't understand that. That's always the hardest questions for people to ask because we spend so much time. We invested in all these celebrities lives. We invested in all this stuff going on on Instagram. We're not that invested in our own. And it shows, you know what I mean? We're insecure in these capacities. So that's what it, it breeds jealousy. It breeds hate, all those type things because we don't know ourselves. So I just feel like, you know, amongst all things, start learning yourself more, spend more time with yourself. Um, Once you figure out what you want to do and what that is, drive that that piece home. You know what I mean? One thing I don't do a lot of is I don't take a lot of advice. I take feedback.
0: What's the difference?
1: The difference is I feel like advice is somebody telling you from their own perspective how they're viewing things. They don't know what you're thinking about. They're telling you. What they doing, what they what they would do in your situation, mm-hmm. but they not in your situation. You in your situation. You know, you. Can, I always believe that your vision never lies to you. You know what I mean. Even if what you came up with was gonna fail, God was gonna make it fail. You, it needed to fail so you could get to that next step for whatever He was developing you for. Right. So if you got an idea, get some feedback on it. You know. If you decide from that feedback that you want to go a different route, so be it. But I say push through, figure things out from there, and just keep developing, man. Like, Be relentless, uh, constantly pursue your dreams, and um, be the best person you can be, for real, for real.
0: Well said, my brother. Uh, tell the people where they can reach you. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram,
1: Twitter, it's all the same. Dr. Dental. D-R-D-E-N-T-A-L 1-6. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I appreciate all the follows. Show me some love. Thank you, my brother. No problem.